0: Welcome to the Confidently Balance Your Hormones podcast. My name is Dee Davidson and I'm a hormone health expert, master mindset coach, and multiple wellness business entrepreneur. I'm obsessed with helping you experience hormone balance, confidence, self-love, and live a life full of joy. I know we're about to have so much fun together. So thank you so much for pushing play today. And now let's begin. Welcome to another episode of Confidently Balance Your Hormones. This is your guide, Dee Davidson. I am excited today to pick up where we left in episode number two. In episode number two, I was sharing a little bit about how I tanked my own hormones and how I was a little bit surprised when my own functional labs came back. At what they revealed. So if you didn't listen to episode two, definitely go back and catch up on that before listening to this episode. This episode, I want to share a little bit about my journey into taking those results and being at a crossroads where I had to decide that it was time to shift some things around stress, the way that I ate, the way that I worked out, my sleep schedule, some habits that really weren't supporting my nervous system and best health. And the reason that I wanna really talk about that is because I know a lot of times people see me on social media or they might be a client of mine and they think, oh, this just comes easy for Dee, this is no big deal for her, it's so much harder for me. When in reality, there were a lot of challenges that I faced once I got these functional health labs. I I was a bit overwhelmed. Um, I did have some anxiety. I do believe that I had some panic attacks around it. So, you know, I'm just like you. I'm a human being and (laughs) have feelings and have to process things. I am happy to say that, you know, the process got easier. And, you know, I'm so glad that I followed through on my protocol. However, I did have to make some changes, which we're going to talk about today in this podcast, And my hope is that you feel supported. And if you've already had functional health labs that you're like, okay, I don't feel alone, this isn't just me, Um, the overwhelm is real, and uh, that you reach out if you need support. I always love hearing from you. So with that being said, one of the biggest things that we need to look at when we get our functional health labs, or just when we are looking to balance our hormones is at our daily routine and does it need to be reset because the daily routine is really where all of this begins and there's a lot of power in resetting your daily routine with most most of my clients I sit down and I have them tell tell me what time they wake up when they have their first meal when do they having coffee uh, when are they you know taking breaks during the day when are they going to sleep what's their bedtime routine because there's a lot To be revealed in your routine and when I looked at my routine right off the bat in the morning it started off horribly I was getting up I love my coffee I was definitely drinking organic uh, mold free coffee so that was good however I was drinking it on an empty stomach and drinking coffee on an empty stomach spikes your cortisol. So right away, first thing in the morning, I was stressing my body out by having coffee on an empty stomach. Not to mention my stomach was not in great shape. I'll get to that a little bit later. Uh, Periodically, I'd have some, I thought it was acid reflux. We'll get to that again um, as this podcast goes on. But I would have, you know, some burning or a pain right between where your rib cage kind of meets. If you put your finger there where you know, maybe you think about uh, CPR. Well, it hurt right there sometimes. And I just thought this was normal, you know, being almost 50. Everyone has a little indigestion and things like that. So coffee was definitely not helping me on an empty stomach. That was one thing I had to change. In conjunction with that, I was fasting. So I had read all of these things because I follow a lot of... um Holistic health influencers and doctors and things like that I have for many years, and I jumped on the intermittent fasting bandwagon. Now I got really cut; like my abs looked really good, and I had a lot of definition. And I was told, "Hey, if you work out in a fasted state, you're going to burn fat." Um, well, now that I, I've studied that a little bit more, I actually believe that you are breaking down muscle uh, if you don't have food in your your system, and you're doing those types of workouts. So. I don't believe that anymore. And I also realize that for most women, intermittent fasting is not a healthy thing. Our hormones need food typically within an hour of waking up, that's a a good benchmark that you eat 60 to 90 minutes after waking up and you fill your fuel tank because women have a lot of demands. We have sometimes kids that demand on us, significant others, jobs. Um, family stressors just in general the outside world so running on an empty tank first thing in the morning is not a good idea especially if you already live a high stress life or if you have a lot of demands or if you work out in the morning you want to be eating something first thing in the morning Um, you know within that hour of, of waking up and making sure that you have your coffee with breakfast so that was the first resetting my daily routine shift that i needed to make so now i eat within an hour of waking up i have my coffee with the meal i also added collagen because i learned that calcium that's a whole other episode that we can do in the future calcium tablets or supplements are not the way to to build your bones collagen is wonderful make sure that you're getting a good quality source of collagen and i can actually put the one that i that i use in the the notes under this episode Um, I put that right in my coffee. It doesn't taste like anything. I mix it in. It makes it easy. It's part of my daily routine or ritual. The next thing that I started to do was uh, listen to my body as far as uh, eating. And what I mean by that is really listening to what my body's craving for foods. If I'm craving red meat, then that's probably means that I'm about to have my period or menstruating and I'm probably going to lose some iron and it's okay, or chocolate or things like that. I I don't uh, have a block around food anymore. So before I'd be like, well, I can't eat that or, you know, I don't eat red meat. But now I'm really intuitively listening to what I crave or want. That doesn't mean go and raid the candy jar. It means nutritionally if you're gravitating towards something we are wired to intuitively know what foods our body needs so that that's another shift that I've had to make in my daily routine getting out of meal planning and saying I'm going to eat chicken on a salad so boring who wants to eat that forever Uh, and really listening and being in tune with my cycle and and what my nutritional needs are based on how I'm feeling I'm also eating every four hours so one of the things that you need to be doing if you are looking to balance your hormones is to be regulating your blood sugar levels and i love um, glucose monitoring i have a lot of clients who will wear a monitor or uh, you know just check their glucose levels before and after meals because if you're spiking your blood sugar levels you're likely having some insulin resistance and spiking cortisol and things like that so i am a huge believer in figuring out what foods because everyone is different spike your blood sugar levels eating what i call magic plates which means that on your magic plate you have fiber you have protein you have um some fats are super important for your hormones and with that being said, I had to learn about my metabolic type. There's a metabolic typing test that you can take. If you're interested in that, you can reach out to me at uh, confidentlyloveyourself@gmail.com at gmail.com or on Instagram. You can find my link below the show. Um, but the test is so enlightening. It made so much sense when I took the metabolic typing test that I am a carbo type or a slow oxidizer. I can feel full for a long time and I break down food very slowly. Uh, So I I need more carbs for fuel. And I had to rewire my brain because society tells us women over 40 need to eat more protein, less carbs, even eliminate carbs completely, which is not the case for all of us. So I had to build my magic plate based on my metabolic typing, which is something I help my clients do. And my plate looks 50% carbs. Now I'm not talking about pasta, but I'm talking about fruits and vegetables Um, you know, whole grains, that type of thing. And then just about 30% protein and a little bit of fat. Again, fat is great for your brain. It's great for your hormones. It's what builds your hormones. So I had to rethink my eating, how I was eating. I had to make sure that um, I was regulating my blood sugar and not having big gaps where even in the past, uh, you know, I would have my blood sugar drop and end up really shaky and even uh, sweaty and have some anxiety and and panic attacks going on. So if you're having that happen, I I challenge you to really get a hold of your blood sugar regulation and understand which foods are spiking your, your blood sugar, making sure you're not going too long till you get to that point, because that again affects your hormones. So I had to really look at when I was eating what I was eating and um you know what types of foods the metabolic typing test even breaks down what types of proteins are best for your metabolic type, what types of carbs, like specifically, which fruits are, are best for your metabolic type. It's it's really um it's a hundred thirty-nine dollar test, and I'm telling you, it is worth every cent. It's not gonna change, it's based on you, your genetic needs, your nervous system. So once you pay for it one time, it it is it's An unbelievable tool. I call it the food Bible. So I had to start with food um, and then I had to look at my workouts. So I'm taking you through my day here. I'd wake up, I would now wait an hour to have food. Let me back up a little bit. I was already doing this, but I think it's important to share with you my routine. When you wake up in the morning, are you getting right on your phone and scrolling or looking at emails? Um, because that is really just terrible for your nervous system and it's not a good way to start the day. You're looking at that blue light, which uh, it just overstimulates the body and the nervous system right away. So, you know, doing some stretching right in bed, uh, doing a meditation, whether you use a, an app. I love the um, 10% Happier app, but there's lots of them out there to do a guided meditation. Or just do a body scan in the morning to check in with yourself. I always thank God for another day. Um, you know, just starting your day without being frazzled, having your alarm clock go off, and you have to run off—that's just not a good way to start the day. Uh, so really check in on your your morning routine and how that's supporting stress, because again, stress drives cortisol, and you talk about hormone imbalance. If you start the day that way, it's not setting you up for success. So I wanted to mention that uh, before we moved on to my gym routine. So I have this nice breakfast. I also wait 30 minutes after eating to do my workout. There's something called rest and digest. You don't want to be working out um right as you're trying to digest food you want to let your body be able to focus on that again that all connects to your hormones if your body's feeling stressed because it's still trying to digest what you ate and now you're doing burpees or a spin class or something like that it's just not not optimally helping support your hormones and your your overall health so once my food is you know in that rest and digest mode i will go to the gym typically uh some days i will go for a walk outside because i do believe it's important to get outside and get sunshine and connect with nature but if i'm going to the gym i now thoughtfully think about my menstrual cycle and where i'm at i'm not doing HIIT workouts the week before you know my menstrual cycle that is not again supporting what my hormones need i have a blog post um about working out and doing that around your cycle, you can again find my blog on confidentlyloveyourself.com. And it's really important to be aware because we force, like we're so tired the week before and society says like, just keep going, keep going. You have to keep going. Well, your body doesn't want to keep going and talk about, um, you know, not listening to your body. You definitely want to be going with the ebbs and flows of your cycle and energy so I will think about what part of my cycle am I in most days I'm doing strength training I don't do a lot of cardio walking outside is typically my cardio sometimes I'll do the stair climber but that all had to change I was doing mostly HIIT workouts they were intense I was sore most days of the week and I worked out six days a week now I work out typically five days a week and um you know those hit workouts have really shifted for me. I'm doing more strength training uh, these days. So that is kind of how I start my day. And I like to do exercise early in the day. And I'll tell you that that's the way God built our body. To do most activity when the sun rises, we should be mimicking our circadian rhythm and the level of energy that um, we naturally were given by God is that in the morning we do all the Heavy lifting, if you will, and at night was supposed to be winding down to uh, to rest. So think about that. You know, I know some people can't exercise early in the day, and I'd rather see people exercise at all than not than just not do it. However, if you can't shift it to earlier, um, then try doing that because it's so much better for your circadian rhythm. The other thing I had to change was uh, my sleep routine. My sleep routine was uh, decent. I mean, I I would go to bed by 10 o'clock. Typically, I've never been one of those people that stays up till midnight or one in the morning. However, the phone again would be going to bed with me and I'd be scrolling. And that again, is not a way to tell your brain that it's time to go to sleep. It does not help your circadian rhythm because the blue light from your phone, it mimics uh, the same energy you're getting from sun, so it's stimulating your brain to be you to be you know confused by what time of day it is and what's supposed to be going on. And so it's just not a good thing. I tell people to log off devices 30 minutes before bed at least thirty minutes, if not an hour, and um, dim the lights, make sure that your lights are dim, your room temperature is good, that so that you're not too hot or too cold. But put the phones away. The EMF thing was a big switch for me too. Understanding that when you're sleeping and your phone is in the room, that's giving off EMF. And that radiation does cause disruption of your sleep. You're not going to get the good sleep. And most people can... Honestly say that they are not waiting on any specific emergency to wake them up They just have their phones on and even if the thing lights up with a a little alert from LinkedIn or you got a notification from this Even though you're sleeping that light. That's what wakes up us up in the morning. That's our circadian rhythm That's our natural cycle uh, it's just not good. So put those phones on airplane mode. Put them away from your, your bed where you'd have to actually get up and grab it. That's that's a change that I had to make when it came to my sleep schedule is to not scroll before bed. Now, again, I do either a body scan or I do a meditation and um, really get adjusted 30 minutes before in my sleep environment to uh, wind down and make sure that I get some quality sleep and consequently guess what it improves your health and your hormones sleep's really really um underrated we need more sleep sleep has so much to do with metabolism uh with everything so make sure that you do a a check-in on your bedtime routine bedtime hygiene that's another thing a lot of people don't get guidance around Uh, I had to look at my gut health, so this was, you know, specifically to do with what came back in my tests. I had a bunch of opportunistic bacteria. We all have bad bacteria in our body. I've never seen anyone not have it at all. We pick things up as humans. We, you know, we can't live in a bubble, and our body can handle certain levels. But when things get out of control, that's when they cause digestive issues and, um, again, I had H. pylori. For anyone who has never heard of H. pylori, 50% of the population has H. pylori. It's a bacteria that lives in the lining of your stomach, and it eats away your stomach acid. So circling back to that, what I thought was acid reflux was likely the low stomach acid. A lot of people think that acid reflux is too much stomach acid. It's usually low stomach acid, which most doctors, again, don't test for. Um, because the H. pylori had depleted my stomach acid. And H. pylori could be very dangerous. It's linked to gastritis, stomach ulcers, even stomach cancer. It's no good. So I'm grateful that I got tested, had a a GI stool test done, and found this out. So I had H. pylori in my stomach lining. I had a bunch of bad bacteria in my gut. you know, likely I probably had some leaky gut, which means that the lining of my gut wasn't tightly sealed. There should be no gaps. The food that you eat should stay in your gut and not be leaking out into your bloodstream, which then caused me food sensitivities. So I had a whole bunch of food sensitivities. I'm looking at my chart here on my desk. carrot, celery, coconut. I was having coconut um, oil and coconut in my protein shakes and all of these things um you know ibuprofen which i never took but that's on my list bananas i love bananas and those were on my food sensitivity list food sensitivities should not really exist if our gut is sealed that could be a whole other episode but all of those things guess what they drive up stress internally we call them hidden stressors and throw off your hormone balance so I needed to clean that up. I had to first build up my vital reserve, which means uh, build up my good bacteria that was depleted. Even though I was taking probiotics, I was taking all the wrong strains and my gut wasn't even in the condition to um, grow those strains, if you will, the pH of my gut. So you could be taking probiotics and just pooping them out or they're just doing nothing, which was which is what was happening in my case. So I had to take some um, short-term supplements to build up my good bacteria and make that environment conducive to accepting it and then kill off the H. pylori and those bad uh, bacterias. So that was a that was a big piece of um, my hormone imbalance. and with that being said, My liver was also tanked. I couldn't believe it because I'm not a big drinker. I don't even really drink at all. Uh, And I was thinking, why is my liver tanked? And before you release toxins, before you release these bad bacteria and things, you want to make sure that your uh, liver can can handle that and that your bile ducts are open and ready to excrete it otherwise you could be recirculating toxins which we don't want to do you can feel really really sick from that so a couple of other things that I had to do to clean out my body was I I did a liver cleanse so I I did a um a liver cleanse and there is one that I do quarterly now um because my liver was so tanked and there are a lot of reasons that happens environmental toxins that we can't control uh, like air pollution um you know things in our water when we go out to eat things we're eating Uh, it could be choices you're making without knowing like your beauty products it could be clothing that you're wearing that has chemicals that's you know you're heating up at the gym and that's going into your bloodstream there's so many chemicals and things that we're exposed to and everybody's body and liver handles things differently clearly mine wasn't handling uh things too well I also was addicted to sugar and people will get fatty liver disease and say I don't know why I have this I don't drink alcohol but do you eat a lot of processed carbs or sugar because that's that turns to alcohol my friend and that's that's affecting your liver Um, so I had to do a liver cleanse and then I continue to do castor oil packs I love uh, Queen of Thrones products you can sleep with a castor oil pack on it you do want to ease into it and make sure that you check with a functional health practitioner or a practitioner in regard to guidelines on any of this stuff this isn't medical advice this is just me sharing my experiences um so i had to clean up my liver before i could you know evict those bad guys and, th- and that's the other important thing is that you don't just google Or get the test back and figure that you can just do things on your own or order some bogus self-test online. That's never a good idea. Any legit test is usually ordered through a practitioner, a licensed practitioner that can get you, um, you know, legit results and explain them to you. So it's really important that you... um, work with someone doing these things because there is a proper order and i've had people work with me and then just skip steps despite my um you know explaining i'm here to educate i'm an educator um and they ended up feeling really sick so there is a whole order to this so i had to build up my vital reserve and then um you know help to nourish my adrenals because i was really taxed i was um in this exhaustive phase and didn't have enough cortisol to barely make it through the day i was waking up and you get this block of cortisol for the day and it was taking me 70 percent of my block of cortisol just to wake up in the morning so i was left running on a 30 percent tank of gas the rest of the day so i had to do all of that stuff first and then move into rebuilding my gut health through some supplements and things and um then I was able to work on my liver, detoxification pathways being open to evict the bad things. And in in the other thing I did was sauna. I had never done sauna. I mean, maybe if I had a spa day, but sauna is really great for helping to detoxify on a regular. So I started going into the sauna. Uh, three or four times a week, and just slowly building up because my body wasn't in a good place. You don't want to just go 20 minutes all of a sudden. You want to get your body used to it, Um, and it really, really aids in detoxification. So I, I did sauna, breath work. So I was doing meditation, but during the day, you know, I started to really help my nervous system get out of sympathetic, which is fight or flight, and get more relaxed by doing Um, You know, just 10 deep breaths before I started eating to to say to my body here, it's time to eat. We're going to rest and digest. Food's coming. Um, Sometimes when I get in and out of the car, that's a good time for me to do 10 deep breaths. In between client sessions, I'll do 10 deep breaths. Um, So breath work is really, really helpful as well for the nervous system and resetting. So you can see I had a lot of changes to make, especially giving up HIIT workouts and not fasting. I wasn't even hungry in the morning because when you tank your hormones, you typically aren't hungry. You're in a uh, fight or flight response and it's kind of suppressed. It's not that you're not hungry. It's that your body says like, let's not make her hungry because she's probably stuck on an island. It doesn't know what's going on. So I did, I had to make a lot of changes. And when I got my protocol, um, you know, that's when I had that, Pa- you know panic attack too which i started to freak out about the state of uh, my health and organizing all these supplements some 30 minutes before i ate some during when i was eating it was a lot i had um supplement fatigue i guess you know because i had all of these things so one piece of advice i'll give you is that you know that you're on your own timeline when you do get your functional lab results back and you start your protocol that there's no, like, you gotta finish this in 90 days. Typically, you know, the protocol's usually 90 days when someone works with me. It took me almost a year to get through my protocol because I kept hesitating, but that's how I felt good doing it. So there's no, like, rushing through it. You have to listen to your body. Everyone's body responds differently. But I can tell you a year later that Um, I just feel amazing I don't feel exhausted when I wake up in the morning I'm not cranky by seven o'clock at night I have way much more energy I am no longer you know feeling bloated Um, I am not constipated like you know I thought well, some not everyone goes to the bathroom every day maybe I'd skip a day but you know typically think about all the food you eat you should go at least one good movement a day if not multiple movements a day uh i'm breaking down fat now that was another thing i had to you know take some digestive enzymes and things like that to help break down fat uh and i just feel really really good in knowing that i caught all of this stuff it's preventative um that everyone even if you're not feeling off like i felt great i thought but now i know i feel great it's good to check in on your state of health um Especially if you're suspecting hormone imbalance, start with the foundationals. But if three months of the foundationals working with someone that is hormone health certified isn't working, uh, then you need to do some testing and stop guessing because it is very insightful and it really helps move the needle and it helps you from you know, heading towards things like Hashimoto's or IBS, IBD, or even things that are worse like cancer and, and things like that. Um, You can really help your body take a look at oxidative stress. You know, um, there's so many great markers when we do functional labs that stand out. What I want you to know is that it wasn't easy for me to do these things either. However, I'm glad that I've done them and I don't recommend doing them without support. I had, you know, the support of my um, association that I belong to and I would ask questions in there and I would get reassurance and um, email my... Own advisor in regard to things. So it is a process and it can be overwhelming. However, it's one of the best gifts you can give yourself the gift of functional labs and working with someone to really understand your hormones and what's driving your hormones out of whack. Because again, you'll hear me say this over and over again that hormones are just a symptom of other imbalance or um, healing opportunities. Your body is this big constellation and we look at where. Those disconnects are where there are weak points and where things need to be um, worked on rather than chasing a symptom or saying I'm working on GI, now I'm working on hormones. No, we look at the whole picture. And with that being said, we look at your lifestyle because that is really where it all starts. So when someone says I want to do labs and have supplements, but they don't want to make any changes in their lifestyle, I tell them, don't even waste your money because you have to do those things together it all goes together so that you can maintain and really make shifts for the long term so thanks so much for tuning in today I really appreciate you listening and um, you know this is just again a journey where every day we're learning something new your body might be changing you're going through different stressors and um, Stay tuned for more episodes of Confidently Balance Your Hormones. Until next time, take care, my friends. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Confidently Balancing Your Hormones. If you enjoyed today's episode, I'd love for you to share it with a friend and also hit follow at the top of this podcast. If you have a couple of minutes and you can leave a quick review, it will help other women in need find this podcast. You can find me on Instagram at confidently underscore love underscore yourself. I would love to stay connected and hear from you.